All right, friends, we know that eczema is multifactorial. If it weren't, it would be a whole lot easier to treat. But we also know there's a direct correlation between diet and eczema. Unlike whole food groups or specific ingredients like dairy or gluten, food chemicals are a whole different animal because their effects are oftentimes not immediate. And they're so intertwined into our food supply, it's difficult to trace a reaction back to a single one of them. Some are even marketed as antioxidants. What's a mere mortal parent to do? How do we avoid such exacerbating chemicals from our kids' diet? And what are we even looking out for? I'm going to answer all these questions inside this jam-packed, super informational episode. Let's dig in. Hey mama, welcome to the Eczema Kids podcast. Do you want your baby to actually have baby soft skin? Are you literally up all night caring for your itchy, miserable kid? Are you hoping to give your child a life free of disruptive skin symptoms without pharmaceuticals? Hi, I'm Andra. I was also a mom of a toddler and a baby struggling with severe eczema. I too felt helpless because I couldn't figure out how to get rid of my children's eczema and wished I could take the misery out of their bodies. Every day I questioned, is what I'm doing actually making a difference? I wondered, would I ever be able to go to the pool with my kids, take family photos, or eat outside the home without an eczema flare? Through diet and natural time-honored solutions, combined with endless hours of research and experimenting, I eliminated eczema from our lives. When you tune into this podcast, you will find itchy kid remedies, diet and nutrition advice, and healthy kid hacks to help lessen your workload and lighten your family home. Grab your egg-free snack, and let's get on with healing our kids. I know you're already doing your due diligence. You're already eating healthy as a family and you're avoiding known triggers like gluten and dairy, maybe even nuts as well. You've paid for allergy tests. I know how frustrating it can be to say, what gives? Why is my kid still experiencing eczema? Simply put, food chemicals, the natural and additive kind, can exacerbate irritation on the skin. Today I'm talking about the food additives that can be found in many foods we eat every day. Some are even touted for their healthy benefits when in fact they're just synthetic replications of a natural food chemical that can cause real harm. Which means for our little eczema kids, it'll do them a lot of good to omit them from their diet where possible to accelerate healing. I wanna note that this does not mean your child is destined for a life without dried fruit or deli turkey, but a life with fewer ultra processed foods will assist in your healing efforts. It's also important to understand that sorbic acid and sulfates aren't the reason your kid is experiencing eczema, but omitting them for a period of time can help your little one heal. I also want to point out that nobody is suffering from a lack of red number four or yellow number five, so they won't be negatively impacted by these omissions. I advocate for excluding ultra-processed foods known to be filled with these food chemicals and replacing them with whole, unprocessed foods because that's what our red, itchy little friends need. So here's a list in no specific order of added food chemicals to look out for and the products you'll likely find them in. <laughs> I have my little guy here today. He's He'll be chiming in every now and then. So here's a list in no specific order of added food chemicals to look out for and the products that you'll likely find them in. Number one is benzoates. They're known most commonly for their use as an antimicrobial preserving agent. It can also be listed as ammonium benzoate, calcium benzoate, magnesium benzoate, potassium benzoate, sodium benzoate. It's often found in pickles, ice cream, chocolates, jams, and soft drinks. Number two is monosodium glutamate. 
which is usually used as a flavor enhancer in canned veggies and soups, processed meats, and nutritional yeast. Number three is sulfites, which is also preservative found in wine, beer, dried fruit, shrimp. Number four is sorbic acid, and it's also preservative in processed cheese and meats. Sorbic acid is a naturally occurring compound that's become the most commonly used food preservative in the world. It's highly effective at inhibiting the growth of mold, which is why food manufacturers use it. But that's why your good gut bugs can't use it either. Number five is nitrates. Nitrates are a known carcinogen and found in most processed meats. It's also a naturally occurring compound, but used as a food additive to stop the growth of bacteria and to enhance the flavor and color of foods. So yummy, right? The antioxidants BHA and BHT, number six, are closely related synthetic antioxidants used as preservatives in lipsticks and moisturizers and other cosmetics. They're also widely used as food preservatives in foods like butter, meats, cereals, chewing gum, baked goods, dehydrated potatoes, and beer. It's also found in animal feed, food packaging, cosmetics, rubber products, and petroleum products. BHT also prevents oxidative rancidity of fats, and it's used to synthetically preserve food odor, color, and flavor. Propionates, number seven, are short-chain fatty acids frequently used as a mold inhibitor and anti-browning agent in foods. The foods most likely to contain these compounds are breads, tortillas, pizza dough, pastries, breakfast cereals, pasta, noodles, dried and condensed milk. Number eight, food colorings, red dye food coloring, carmine, and FD&C yellow dye number five are made from petroleum products to make your foods look more appetizing. You can look out for those in yogurt, candy, ice pops, soft drinks, cake mixes, and other pastries. So these additive food chemicals, they're everywhere, friends. But that's okay. You can avoid these artificial food chemicals by cooking real whole foods. The foods that go bad after a short amount of time and are naturally colored is what your kid's digestive system requires to heal. It's the holiday season, so it's the perfect time to really prioritize home-cooked, nutritious foods. And I have an easy-to-follow two-week rotational meal plan just for this time of year within the eczema-free framework. Or if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, I see all you in Australia, you're going to want to look at the summer diet. So you can grab yours along with everything you need to heal your kid's eczema, the skincare, the supplements, the testing if needed, but you won't need it if you follow the plan and you'll save yourself thousands of dollars. The home modifications, nursing mama extras, it's all there along with a coaching call with me at eczemakids.com forward slash work with me. If you want to have a quick 10 minute discovery call to decide if this is the right next step for you, just email me at support at eczemakids.com and I'll send you a link to schedule that. Take care, friends. You are doing great. Hey, friend. If today's episode helped you in any way, would you leave me a review in Apple Podcasts? Neither of us have time for social media, so this is the best way to help other parents find this podcast and heal their kids. Thanks for your contribution towards ending childhood eczema.